Hey there, this is Seth Hart from Searching for Seas, and you're listening to 91.7 FM WSUW Whitewater. Did you know that in 2013 there were 76,800 farms in Wisconsin? According to the United States Department of Agriculture, that's $59 billion worth of agriculture revenue for Wisconsin. That would make even Old McDonald jump over the moon. Dairy, livestock, poultry, and crops are essential for all of us to survive. Wisconsin has always been a leader in agriculture export. Wisconsin cheesemakers produce more than 650 different varieties, types, and styles of cheese. Wisconsin leads the nation in production of snap beans, cranberries, and carrots for processing. Each year, Wisconsin growers harvest more than 1.8 million Christmas trees. Where does it stand today? How does Wisconsin rank with other states? How has technology changed the way a farmer grows crops, raises livestock, or keeps our dairy fresh? Join us as we learn about today's agriculture from our special guests, at the 2014 Teen Day Busy Barns Adventure Farm Media Day broadcast presented by 91.7 The Edge, Daily Jefferson County Union, Wisconsin Broadcasters Association, and Ripped Marketing Group. Are your carpets ready for the holidays? How about your favorite chair or sofa? Pro Carpet Rescue is certified and has over 15 years experience in pet stains, odor removal, and upholstery cleaning. All stains are different and need to be treated differently. Their truck-mounted hot water steam extraction gets down deep to where the dirt is, in the fibers. For details and information, visit ProCarpetRescue.com or by calling 262-949-4929. Teen Day is proud to be a careers partner with the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. If you're seriously pursuing a career in broadcasting, WBA is the place where you can get the scoop on all of the latest news and career information focusing on Wisconsin broadcast stations. The WBA offers seminars like the Broadcasters Clinic October 21st through the 23rd at the Madison Marriott. For a full schedule of events, visit wi-broadcasters.org. Teen Day and the WBA, a win-win to start your broadcast career. Sagan is one of the culture's hottest fashion styles. Have you ever thought when you bought and got caught by this fad who it really benefits? Reputation and appearance play major roles in your future. Are you willing to risk and compromise that by showing your butt to the world? Don't let anything keep you from reaching your potential. Check out our website and change your life. For the better. Visit PullYourPantsUpNow.com to find out how you can reclaim your name. You can bag without the sag. That's PullYourPantsUpNow.com. Now back to Teen Day Busy Barnes Adventure Farm Media Day broadcast presented by 91.7 The Edge, Daily Union, and Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm here with none other than Sheila, who is the marketing director for Busy Barnes. How's it going today? Today is a fabulous day at Busy Barnes Farm. We're open Saturday and Sundays for families to come out and enjoy all the acres of opportunities here. It's amazing because just Thursday night some baby pigs were born. So we invite the families to come out and see our baby pigs. That's so cute. I'm going to go have to look at them later. So this is my third year coming to Busy Barns. And can you tell me if there's anything new that has changed in the last couple years? Well, as you know, um, Busy Barns Adventure Farm started in 2008 with a two-day fall festival as we... um, grew and sold mums. And then in 2009, we put up a play barn with a 20-foot slide tunnel, puppet theater, 
and simulating milking cow and more. But this year, we're very excited because we are sitting in the new gathering barn. And the gathering barn is a venue that will host up to 400 people that could be used for rustic weddings, corporate events, and class reunions and holiday parties so we are showing the gathering barn to brides and grooms and we are booking up our 2015 weddings very fast so if anyone out there Amanda you look a little young <laughs> um, but if anyone out there is in the market for a 2014 we have a few dates left or a 2015 wedding give me a call Sheila at Busy Barns Adventure Farm and I'd be happy to show you our new gathering barn and it's just so beautiful in here as I'm looking around and the pretty light chandelier things and it's just all so beautiful. All the way down to our barbed wire chandeliers. I think that we're the only venue in southern Wisconsin that has barbed wire chandeliers and twinkle lights and lanterns for our guests. So this is definitely an opportunity that future brides and grooms do not want to miss. It's definitely somewhere I could see getting married one day, maybe. All right, Amanda, make sure I have your phone number so we can get you on the calendar. Don't don't tell my boyfriend that, though. (laughs) Well, he can come out and tour with you, and then we'll make sure we have the date. Because, like I said, (laughs) the dates are booking fast, so we'll get you on the calendar. So, every year there's a theme, right? Yes, and this year our theme is Wisconsin Agriculture or Wisconsin Farming. Our puppet uh, show this year is about Dorothy following the Yellow Brick Cheese Road through (laughs) Wisconsin Agriculture to visit different types of farms such as um, aquaculture farms, Uh, beef cattle farms, learning about dairy farms, learning about our cranberry bogs, and just learning about all the different commodities that Wisconsin has to offer. Dorothy feels that she's lost from Kansas, but she realizes that she's always been a Wisconsin girl, and there's no place like Wisconsin. Aww. So later today, my sister's Girl Scout troop is coming So do you offer any special packages for school groups or organizations that come? Absolutely. In the month of October, Tuesday through Friday, we have school field trips. And this year we're projecting over 5,000 children will come to visit Busy Barns Adventure Farm. Um, We are open uh, for school field trips from 8.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. And they will have an educational component, a classroom session called the ABCs and 123s of Wisconsin Agriculture. Each student will receive an activity book, and they will all have a hayride, and they will take a pumpkin home with them. But we also realize that there's a great market for Girl Scouts, Daisies, Mm -hmm. Cadets, Boy Scouts, uh, youth groups from churches, and other activities for even UW-Whitewater students who are coming out to visit Busy Barnes Adventure Farm. So learning takes place and fun takes place for people of all ages from newborns all the way up to 92-year-old great-grandfathers, and it's amazing. Um, Our school packages are a a reduced rate. Uh, Mm -hmm. Children and um, chaperones uh, come to Busy Barns Farm during the week for a rate of $6.50. Our regular admission is $8 on the weekends and for guests other than field trips during the week when we're open. So what do you think that the kids' favorite thing to do is here? 
Well, absolutely, hands down, the favorite venue, as I see thousands of people walking in that animal barn over there, Mm -hmm. is going in to see the animals, the newborn baby pigs, the little baby goats, the donkeys, the alpaca, the baby calf, the donkey, the horse, uh, the chickens, the rooster, the geese, and even the peacocks. I mean, there's a, a bee barn that we have that we have our guests learn about the importance of the honeybee, the bee for Wisconsin agriculture. So I would say, number one, the Animal Barn is our number one destination, with number two would be our play barn with our 20-foot slide that is in the Haymow children and Adults love sliding down that. Amanda, (laughs) I would encourage you to go down that slide later today. You'll have so much fun. All right. I've got it down now. I'm going to do it. So those were the kids' favorite parts. What's yours? I absolutely love um, helping people understand the importance of agriculture in Wisconsin. Wisconsin has... um, 46,800 family farms. These family farms are about 190 acres, and 90% of them are owned by family farmers. Um, Busy Barns Adventure Farm is owned by a farm family, um, and we are proud to be uh, an f- agricultural supporter of our uh, community and our state. Uh, my background is in education, so I mm-hmm. love teaching children and people of all ages so during the weekends when I'm here I help with the puppet show that is uh, 1130 130 uh, and 330 on Saturdays and Sundays that's Dorothy following the yellow brick road through Wisconsin agriculture and there's no place like Wisconsin and then I also assist with the rooster Russell in which at 11. Uh, one and three, we talk to our guest about uh, chickens, the importance of chickens, and how hens can lay up to 300 eggs a year. And then we ask them to assist us in gathering the hens into their hen houses. And nice this year, we also have a backyard poultry magazine that we give to all of our guests who attend the Rooster Russell so that they can take that information home and determine if they would like to maybe have a chicken coop in their own backyard. Isn't that exciting? Amanda, would you like to have a chicken coop in your backyard? Actually, I don't think so because I'm afraid of chickens. Oh, well, come on over and watch the rooster (laughs) rustle today, and I'll have you hold one of our hens. They're they're very gentle animals. I'm shaking in my seat. (laughs) So, last year, they did something with the pigs, and you had to get the flags off the pig, and that was my sister's favorite part. Is that still a thing? Am I remembering this right? (laughs) Um, you know, we have the Rooster Russell this year, and in the past they've had the Hog Hustle. But um, we in- want to ensure that all of our animals are completely safe, mm-hmm. and we want to ensure that our guests are, are completely safe. And so this fall, we're not doing the Hog Hustle. Uh, we're giving our hogs and our, our pigs a little break, and especially our girls. Our girls, our sows are having babies, and they need to have some maternity leave so therefore we are having the uh, rooster rustle instead of the hog hustle but you know it is a popular event so we will probably look into that opportunity uh, in the future 
Awesome, because I would definitely do that. My sister did it last year, and she said it was so much fun, so mm-hmm. I'd like mm-hmm. to be able to beat her at it. <laughs> okay, we'll see how that goes. Um, one thing that's also new to the farm this year is that we have a new food vendor, and they have it's called Prime Time. Um, Fryer, and it's located out of Fort Atkinson, and they come to us on Saturdays and Sundays. They have amazing prime rib sandwiches, euros, cheese curds, cotton Ooh. candy, popcorn, caramel apple sundaes, and lots of beverages, including hot apple cider. So if our guest, uh, we have a no carry-in policy here at Busy Barnes Adventure Farm on the weekends, but we encourage our guests to check out the wide assortment and the great menu at uh, our food vendor, Primetime Food Truck. So the last couple years I've been here, I've always seen FFA students walking around. Is that still a program you have going on? Um, actually, this year we had to switch a little bit. Our FFA students are very valuable to our community, and they're very busy. Uh, we had to um, accommodate their schedules and allow the food truck to come in in replace of our FFA students. Uh, we have a great connection with our FFA alumni and support them in, in many different ways. So... Is there any way anyone could volunteer and help out here? Well, they would have to come and speak with our owners, Mary and Gary Telfer, to see if they could volunteer. Um, What we have done is this year, many of our students who have volunteered in the past are here and they're actually on payroll. So um, it proves a point that if you really love something and you volunteer, there is some economical advantages. And these young students have... um, full-time or part-time employment during our fall season here at Busy Barnes Adventure Farm. Now, if someone wanted to do that, how would they get a hold of the owners? Well, um, they visit our website, Mm busybarnesfarm.com, and there is uh, our they can fill out an online questionnaire or they can send us an email. We also have a Facebook page, and they could call us directly. So let's talk about the corn maze. The corn maze. It's amazing. (laughs) Normally, I usually stay away from corn mazes because I'm always afraid of getting lost. Right. But your corn maze prevents that. It prevents that because you have an opportunity to learn about agriculture. You will answer questions. And if you answer the questions correctly, you will go the right way and find your way out of the maze. So, for example, Wisconsin is first in cheese production. We are second in milk production, and we are third in producing potatoes. And most importantly, a lot of our guests don't know that we are number one in the United States for producing carrots, and we are number one for producing beans, and we are number one for cranberry production. And up by the Hayward uh, Warrens area, they're in the process of producing harvesting cranberries right now it's very festive and it's very beautiful up in that area awesome so can you give me a sample question of what it's like in the corn maze like what they're going to be asking me maybe so i can prepare myself well certainly i can um for example amanda Mm -hmm. did you know how many cans of soda a bushel of corn can sweeten uh I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, a bushel of corn can sweeten about 400 cans of soda. 
Here's another one. Amanda, I really like ice cream. We are number two. We are Wisconsin's Dairyland. And how many cups of milk does it take to make one half gallon of ice cream, Amanda? Um, okay, give me a hint. Is it higher or lower than five? Higher. Higher or lower than ten? Higher. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go with... 35. It takes 11 cups of milk oh, to make <laughs> one half gallon of ice cream. This is the one I really love to work with children on. I ask them, when you go to the dairy case and you go down that aisle at the grocery store, I want you to pick up a pound of cheese. Amanda, look at this pound of cheese here. Okay. How many gallons of milk did you think it took to make one pound of cheese? Well, I suppose it took 11 to make ice cream. Is it more or less than that? It is a little bit less. I'm going to go with 9 or 10. It takes 10 gallons of milk to make one pound. Point Amanda. Okay, <laughs> so here we go. Um, do you know that we have a grain in Wisconsin that is used to make Prang, P-R-A-N-G, crayons? Can you guess what grain that would be? Mm corn <laughs> actually it's soybeans soybeans are used to make some of our color crayons you know amanda did you eat any sweet corn this summer um yeah i did well i want you to tell me how many kernels of sweet corn do you think is on an ear of corn oh my gosh i don't know a lot <laughs> well actually there are 800 kernels of corn on one ear of sweet corn so if you ate two ears of sweet corn at dinner you ate 1600 kernels of corn Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that All makes right. my one ear of corn seem like I ate a lot. <laughs> so now I have, oh, sorry, keep going. Go ahead. We have lots of questions. We also have a discovery book, uh, discovery boxes inside the play barn in which we ask our guests some of our agricultural questions. So now I think it's my turn to ask you a fun question. Okay. How many gallons of milk can a cow produce in a day? Oh boy, you know, that is a great question. Um, let me think here. I know that, a, a, and I don't have the exact answer, but I'm going to guess that a young lady who is very important to our agricultural system can produce about, I'm going to say, it's poundage. It's, it goes by pounds and not gallons. They can produce about 100 pounds of milk. I'm just going to go with you right because I don't know the answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So we will definitely next year when you're interviewing me again, uh -huh. I will give you that correct answer. But you know what? If any of our friends at home might know exactly that poundage, I would invite them to call right in. Awesome. Yeah, definitely call in, see if you get the answer right. Maybe I'll have the correct answer by then. Yep. And you know, Amanda, like I said, there's 76,800 farms in Wisconsin. The average acreage is 195 acres. And these farms are owned 90% by farm families. Um, and one thing that we are starting to grow is in our organic food market. And Wisconsin ranks second in the nation for organic milk sales with about $85 million. 
Wow. Yes. That's so, a lot of cash. <laughs> right. And agriculture, Wisconsin agriculture provides $59 billion to our economy every year. So I would invite our audience to be sure to thank a farmer. Farmers are essential to our economy. They are also essential for us every day so that young people can understand where their food comes from. Their food is harvested and produ- in, um, harvested and um, grown right here in Wisconsin. So I want our children to realize that cor- our food does not come from the local pick and save, Piggly Wiggly, um, Walmart, but actually it's the hard work and back-breaking work and long hours of our Wisconsin farmers. All right. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me today. And I would, like I said, invite all of our families to come to Busy Barnes Adventure Farm. We're open Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Come out and see the acres of activities um, and enjoy a hay wagon ride right down to singing on the hay wagon and pick out your pumpkin from our pumpkin patch. Amanda, it was really great talking with you today. I have to head over to that Rooster Russell at 11, and I uh, hope to see you there. Remember, it's at 11, 1, and 3. All right, I'll be there. Thank you. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm here at Busy Barns, and I just stumbled upon my old friend Joe. How is it going? Oh, not much. Mostly been working around the farm here, but for the most part, not a lot. So you work here, right? Yes. What do you do? Uh, Mostly we do a wide array of jobs. But for the most part, I've been doing is hay and presenting. What do you present on a hay well, ride? We, what we do is we, I present about a lot of information. Usually there's a theme every year. This, one, this time it is, I believe, um, Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. from Wisconsin agricultural themed. And as such, I, there's a list of facts that I read to the people and such. And I usually interact with them a little bit more. And okay. um, at the end, they, they have a sing, we have them sing a song that's like... Um, Old, Mac- Old McDonald, but more Busy Barnes themed, too. Very cool. So, do you want to go into farming? Uh, mostly with chickens, but not really, not a lot. So, right now at school, because you're a junior, like I am, in high school, are you in any agriculture classes? Uh, yes, I am taking currently plant science, and I hope to take a, uh, more ones involving more animals. Have you taken some previously? Um, I have taken animal science and ag-, and ag leadership. What do you do in animal science? In animal science, you more d- it's more an introduction to vets, to vet science. Okay. Which is where you learn about the biology of animals, their reproductive, how they do how they do things, what you feed them, how to care for them as a farmer, things like that. And tell me about the ag leadership class, because I don't know what that means. Ag leadership, they try to give you an introduction into leadership. Mm-hmm. They do more with an FFA and such. They'll get, sometimes they do more than that. They'll have they'll do little fun things where they'll teach you how to make butter. Um, they once had us make cheese and I think once jelly. Speaking of FFA, are you in it? Yes, I am. Whenever you take an ag class at Fort Atkinson High School, you are automatically made an active member. Oh, so what is it you do in FFA? FFA, we do a lot larger layer things. One one thing we do is that I like is called Ag Day. Where okay. we go to one of the local elementary schools around Fort, and we'll bring some a- we bring animals there that the kids actually own, and have them interact with the kids, and they can pl- they can pet them. They'll do a little e- introduction about them, and so on. The kids really love it. So speaking of your egg classes, your teacher Mrs. Lyon. 
Uh, yes. She'll she'll be on later in the broadcast. So I'm gonna interview her in a little bit. Yes. Um. Yeah. She's in my. She's the teacher for my plant science right now, and also does ag leadership. And I believe she might do animal science. I'm not quite sure. But a lot of students like her. <laughs> Uh, she could be a bit of a character, but whenever she brings in Tuga sometimes, who's her big St. Bernard, Okay. he's a lovable guy. Aw. So how did you get hooked up with Busy Barnes? I uh, mostly had done it through the FFA program. We usually do a sort of um, internship Okay. every year. I started late in my, in my sophomore year, early sophomore year or so. And I and I was started with because I wasn't there wasn't a lot of things I was skilled at and I was I was doing forensics at the time which was public speaking mm-hmm. and so I decided oh why not do the the hay representing sure why not yeah I mean works with everything you've got going on speaking of your agriculture teacher here she is now we'll have to talk more later yeah. All right, thanks. You're listening to Teen Day Busy Barnes Adventure Farm Media Day broadcast presented by 91.7 The Edge, Daily Union, and Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. Is your basement prepared for the upcoming flood season? What about a broken pipe in your kitchen? Or plunge too hard on your backed up toilet? Bacteria, viruses, and mold can become airborne and be inhaled, putting you at risk for lung disease or other serious illnesses. Pro Carpet Rescue is certified and has over 15 years experience in water removal due to flooding, broken pipes, and sewer backup. They are locally owned and operated. For details and information, visit ProCarpetRescue.com or by calling 262-949-4929. Teen Day is proud to be a careers partner with the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. If you're seriously pursuing a career in broadcasting, WBA is the place where you can get the scoop on all of the latest news and career information focusing on Wisconsin broadcast stations. The WBA offers seminars like the Broadcasters Clinic October 21st through the 23rd at the Madison Marriott. For a full schedule of events, visit wi-broadcasters.org. Teen Day and the WBA, a win-win to start your broadcast career. Do you think politics is boring? Do you believe voting is a waste of time? Do you want to make a difference? If you said yes to any of these questions, you need to meet Reggie Stracione and Pauline Place. They'll break it down for you and show how important voter registration is for everyone. It's your constitutional right, and you have the right to cast your vote. Learn now before you take your first visit to the polling place. Visit VoteWithReggie.com. Reggie and Pauline are waiting to hear from you. That's VoteWithReggie.com, the 411 on voter registration. You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW Whitewater. Now back to Teen Day Busy Barnes Adventure Farm Media Day broadcast presented by 91.7 The Edge, Daily Union, and Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm still here at Busy Barnes, but now I'm with Shannon Lyon, who is the ag teacher at Fort Atkinson High School. Isn't it, like, a beautiful day, and it's just so perfect to do this? It is a gorgeous day, and I'm really glad that we're outside doing this, and we can enjoy it. Yeah, so let's jump right into it. How many years have you been teaching? I'm right now in my ninth year of teaching, okay. and my eighth year in Fort Atkinson. And have you always been an ag teacher, or, yeah? Yep. So when I graduated from college, um, I went to UW-River Falls, and I took a a teaching job right out of college uh, for one year, and it just wasn't a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. So I went into retail for a couple of years and then came back, um, started 2007 school year, and I've been teaching ever since. So what are all the ag classes that you teach at your school? Uh, Right now, I teach plant science. Mm -hmm. I teach vet science, which is in a uh, more advanced level course, and then I teach horticulture, which we focus on some greenhouse management type things in there, landscape design, 
And then I also teach a food science class. Um, but then we offer a couple other classes that the other ag teacher teaches as well. Oh, so there's more than you at your school. Yep, there's actually two full-time ag teachers at the high school, and then we have one other guy that does middle school agriculture. Okay. So since you're a teacher for ag, are you in charge of F- the FFA program at your school, or do you split it evenly with the other teacher? Uh, we kind of all split it up, and, and uh, we are the largest chapter in the state now for the second year in a row. So we have uh, quite a bit of members. We had about 350 members right now. Wow. So we split it as much as possible between the three of us so that there's not quite so much. How do people join FFA at your school? Is it open to everybody? Um, actually, you have to be enrolled in an agriculture course in order to be in FFA, and that's kind of a, a state and national rule when it comes to the FFA organization. So we do it a little different in Fort Atkinson mm-hmm. in that every student that's in an agriculture class is automatically an FFA member. We pay their dues. Okay. Um, not all chapters in our area do that. So what is it that you do as one of the FFA leaders? So we plan, um, as advisors, we help the students plan all of our events, and then we take them, there's various leadership workshops and conferences all around the state. Uh, Last Wednesday, actually, we were in La Myra, Uh, so about an hour and 20 minutes away. We went to a leadership workshop there um, that our state officers put on. The end of October, we'll be traveling um, on a coach bus with two other local chapters to go on to National FFA Convention in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, We do state convention in uh, June up in Madison, and then we do a whole bunch of other workshops and and conferences just around the state, plus all the stuff we do in the community. Can you tell me about the leadership programs? Like, what goes on there? So a lot of them focus on developing uh, individual leadership skills, things like public speaking, um, being able to interact with uh, your peers and kids your age, and um, knowing how to help get them involved in knowing how to resolve conflicts. Um, they, some of them focus on teamwork and team building things and how do you work together as a team, how do you successfully plan events, um, and then just meeting people from around the state because a lot, of, a lot of the really good ideas come from other chapters, things that they've tried, things that they've done that they've been successful with, or you know, they can offer suggestions on what didn't go so well when they tried something. So is it only agriculture, uh, like FFA, that goes there or is it open to everybody no it's just open to ffa members uh, which is really nice because you automatically then have something in common with everybody that's at the conference so you can kind of connect and um, because we do so many around the state they get to see the same members over and over again at multiple things so there's a lot of friendships that that they make yeah so let's jump into your past a little bit okay Did you grow up on a farm? Like, what was your background in agriculture? I didn't directly grow up on a farm. Uh, My grandparents owned a dairy farm when I was growing up, and both my parents worked full-time. So we, my two brothers and I, spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and so I grew up as soon as I could walk. I was out in the barn helping milk cows, (laughs) and I remember the, you know, 105-degree days during summer having to put hay in the way in the barn and um, all of that. So up until I was about 10 years old, they had the farm, and that's where I spent most of my time. Awesome. Okay, back to the future now, or like in the present. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you say there's a strong interest uh, for students to be in FFA or agriculture in general? I think in our area there is. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some pretty strong chapters here in Jefferson County and in, in the southeast part of Wisconsin. 
Um, and it's really one of those industries that there's there's literally something for everybody in the agriculture industry. And if you're interested in food, if you're interested in business side of things, if you want to be in the production or the farming side of things, if you want to go into research or science, there's places for all of that in the ag industry. So I think that it's one of those places that kind of everybody finds something that they want to be involved in. And it's just such a wide variety that you could do almost anything with agriculture. Yeah, you really can. You can, like I said, there's so many jobs out there and and uh, over 20% of our, our workforce is involved in some way, shape, or form in the agriculture industry. And you can do everything from being in a lab and doing research to um, being in a classroom and teaching. You can be a farmer. You can um, develop new food products. You can do marketing. You can do communications, all kinds of stuff. So how does FFA benefit the students? What do they get out of it? Well, they get um, a lot of leadership and organization, teamwork, public speaking skills that they can use in any job field that they go into, any, any type of situation beyond just the FFA we do a lot of um, career ex- exploration to find out what types of things they would be interested in. And with resumes, and we, they get, can do job interviews, um, things like that. There's a bunch of speaking contests. They can go into judging animals. Um, they can do all kinds of stuff. So they learn a lot of skills that they can actually, once they leave our classroom, they can apply them directly to either a line of work or to whatever area they college workforce wherever they decide to go. So do you see that um, a lot of people that took ag classes in high school, they went on to an agriculture career? A lot of students that are involved in ag classes um, go directly into an agriculture career, yes. Um, But there's a lot of them that may not go directly into an ag career, but they take a lot of the skills that they learned in their ag classes and in FFA and they can apply them to their other careers. So I just got done interviewing one of your students, Joe Burns, who is an yep. old friend of mine, and he told me something about your dog. <laughs> my dog, my dog is is somewhat famous. Yes, um, I have two Saint Bernards. Okay, and the one that he was referring to is just turned three in the middle of April, and he is um, about two hundred sixty-one and a half pounds. Okay. <laughs> so I bring him into school from time to time. He is a big baby. He was a certified therapy dog. Mm-hmm. We used to do therapy visits and stuff, and I just don't have the time for that anymore. Um, but he comes in, and, and we talk about different things with animal behavior and, and some training methods and things like that. And everybody just kind of gets a kick out of it because when they're sitting in their seats, he just stands there and looks them right in the eye. <laughs> and, um, he's just bigger than what most people have ever seen a dog, and especially a St. Bernard. He's a little bit bigger than average. Yeah, I stick to like the tiny little dogs, like little lap things, and then you have this big Saint Bernard. And yeah, it's he like come, <laughs> when I stand up and he stands next to me, he actually comes up to my hip. Whoa! Um, so he he's a big cuddle bug. He sleeps in bed with me and everything. So the kids, the kids all get a kick out of him when I bring him into school because it's not something they normally get yeah. to see. <laughs> yeah, dog in school is not something that usually ever happens. And a, and a dog that big, you don't normally see yeah. just out and about. So. So do you have any other pets? Or I have one other St. Bernard. Uh, he, is, he was 11 in March, um, slightly smaller. He's about 112 pounds. Okay. So he was a rescue. We've had him, it'll be three years in, in November that we've had him. Um, so a little bit different situation. He's not quite as friendly um, with other people cause, just because of the situation that we got him from. 
Do you, w- w- hold on, I was going to jump into a different question, but what do you mean the situation that you got him from? Um, he, well, he, like I said, he was a rescue, so mm-hmm. um, he was a dog that was kept out in a barn. Um, he could go in and out, but really didn't have any human interaction, oh. um, didn't get much attention. We're not sure, you know, what his background was really like. Nobody really knew. Um, and he went into foster care and we got him from there. So we're still working on him with his social skills and and people skills, but he's getting better. Okay. So maybe one day he can come into the classroom eventually. Maybe one day, yep. (laughs) (laughs) So other than occasionally bringing your dogs into class, are there any other animals that come in? Uh, Throughout the year, we have a variety of animals. We uh, we bring in rabbits. Um, Probably beginning of November, we'll bring in a bunch of rabbits. We'll have those, um, the students in vet science care for them. And we typically do some breeding with the rabbits. Um, they can care for the young, and then they care for the the older ones. Mm-hmm. They learn how to trim nails. They learn how to you know take temperatures and pulse rates and all that kind of stuff with them. Um, we typically have goats in as well at school, and they we have them so that they give birth right at school. Whoa! Um, we've had pigs in that have given birth at school. Uh, we've brought in sheep before. We've had an alpaca. We've had a mini donkey. Um, we try and get a variety of critters in there and yeah. um, just give the kids some exposure to some of the different ones. We do some animal behavior, some training with them. Um, I'm looking forward to, I want to get ducks this year. Okay. And my vet science class is going to train the ducks. Um, so <laughs> that's going to be a new project for us. We had ducks. Yeah. When I was in high school, we trained ducks to walk on leashes with a cat harness on. Okay. <laughs> so that's my goal for my vet science class this year is to do some, some training with ducks instead of, you know, dogs. You know, that's, that's yeah. boring. So we're going to try ducks. <laughs> so why ducks? Like, other than their dogs are boring. <laughs> well, dogs aren't boring, but, you know, everybody's got a dog. <laughs> Not everybody has a trained duck. Um, they're, they take up less space okay. than some of our other animals. A little bit easier to care for. And uh, we haven't had ducks in there in, since I was in high school. So I graduated uh, 14 years ago. And we had them when I was in school, but they haven't had them back since. So ducks are just fun when they're little. <laughs> Um, and it, I just remember it being a lot of fun when we were training them to walk around on a leash. And we take them to petting zoos, and, and the little kids get a kick out of the fact that the duck walks on a leash. <laughs> so so how do you get the ducks? Like, where do you get them from? There's a bunch of supplies around Wisconsin that we can either get eggs, or we can actually get them when they've just hatched real little. So I don't know what we're going to do yet. I do some research, figure out which way I'm going to go. Right. Um, but there's a lot of different suppliers. Um, I probably have some members of our FFA alumni that probably have ducks that I can get eggs from as well, too. Yeah. So when you get them as, as eggs, you hatch them then, obviously. Yep. How does that process work? So we have a, an incubator, which is just basically a, a styrofoam box Okay. Um, that's got a heater in it. And we regulate the temperature, and we have to go in and turn the eggs and... Um, it's about 21 days or so, and then they hatch out. Okay. And then we get the little baby ducks, and Aww. within a couple of days, they're out moving around, and they're all fuzzy, and they're really cute. And oh. <laughs> I'm just imagining these little baby ducks walking around on people's desks. and like they, they are a lot of fun. And like I said, when I was in high school and we had them, we actually built them a slide and then had a kiddie pool at the bottom, and we trained <laughs> them to walk up. They'd walk up the steps of the slide, slide down into the kiddie pool, and they had a blast. That's so cute. <laughs> So if you could teach one class every day, every hour of the school day, what class would that be? Well, that's a tough one. I have a couple of ones that I really like. Um, 
I really like my vet science class. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to do a lot of hands-on stuff, and they, they learn more in-depth about the animals. Um, and then I also really like my horticulture class where we're in the greenhouse and doing greenhouse management, and they prepare for the plant sale and do a lot of that kind of stuff. So I really like the, the mix of classes that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I could pick just one to teach all day because that might get – I like the fact that I have variety throughout the day. Yeah. All right, kind of a fun question now. What is your most memorable class? <laughs> a couple of years ago, I had a, a young man who has since graduated, and uh, we were making applesauce okay. in my food science class. And he stuck a wooden spoon in the blender while it was on. And, you know, he, just little things like that. that yeah. he would, you know, some of those moments <laughs> where you're like, really? <laughs> He, he had a lot of those moments, so um, he's probably one of my, between him and his younger brother, they are probably some of my most memorable, <laughs> and memorable students. The best part is that he has a younger brother that came after, so like you got through with him and you're like, okay, I don't no know more if wooden that was, spoons. I don't know if that was the best part, but it was <laughs> definitely an entertaining few years between the two of them. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming out here and talking with me today. It's I always have a blast talking to you. And it's been my pleasure. It was fun this year, just as it was last year. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm here with at Busy Barns with Tammy and her son Cole from Vitro Winery. How is it going today? Good. Beautiful, beautiful day out. Hey, buddy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we talk about the history of your wine shop thing because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm too young for wine so <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, we actually started in Concord Wisconsin in 2002 my parents actually started in their basement uh, people would come up and actually ring the doorbell and uh, sample wine at their breakfast nook basically cool and then 2005 they built a building um, opened that up in January 2005 and then in the spring we built a vineyard which we grow Delaware uh, Niagara Concord and La Crosse grapes all right so um, we moved over to Jefferson in 2010 um, right now we don't have a vineyard over there um, just the building so basically that's our history Cool. Can I ask you why you moved over to Jefferson? Um, just a little expansion. Opportunity came upon us. Um, it just kind of fit. And our involvement with Special Olympics, um, those are the grounds where Special Olympics started. So it, it just fit. It felt right. And uh, actually in that cemetery, too, mm-hmm. my dad, our winemaker, um, his grandpa is buried there. Oh, cool. Well, so there's a cool. lot of... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to... Yeah, so cool. No. Um, just a lot of, you know, signs. Yeah. signs that brought us there. But it's been a great fit, and we're kind of nestled back there with a gorgeous view. Oh, my gosh. You can see for miles, especially now with all the leaves turning. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. So what is it you do to help in the Special Olympics? Um, well, in honor of my nephew, Branyan, um, he is 11, and he was born with Down syndrome. So we don't charge for tastings in the winery. We accept donations to Special Olympics, and then we hold events all through the year. Like, uh, actually, coming up October 11th is our 5K Run Now, Wine Later. Okay. And it's all benefiting the Special Olympics. Cool. And I know my mom sometimes runs, so maybe she could get on that. (laughs) With some really cool medals. She's giving me the look like, yeah, whatever, Amanda. (laughs) So how did you come up with the name for Vitro Wine? 
Um, a lot of people think we shorten up our last name. Okay. Um, a lot of people call me uh, Tammy Vitro, but it's Vitrano. But okay. vitro actually means glass in Italian, so glass oh, of wine. Yeah, that's where that came. It from. just fits hand in hand. Yeah, it's Sicilian heritage, so all the <laughs> Italian stuff in there. So, how do you hope to grow in the future? Big. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all want to be big? Um, depending on our surroundings out there uh, for a vineyard, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of cornfields out there. So, not sure if we could really do. Um, a vineyard out there quite yet so we are uh, members of the grape growers association of wisconsin so we do get our grapes that way um but we just want to expand and you know get our name out there we're you know one of the the newer wineries uh compared to you know wisconsin's history of you know the bigger ones like wollersheim stuff like that so can you can you tell me about the wisconsin's grape growers association what do you want to know Everything. Everything. (laughs) Um, Well, with 90 vineyards in Wisconsin, um, we're one of them. And then, for example, we have a um, wine called None on the Run. It's made with a Leon Mio grape. It has a little spicy, peppery finish to it. You'll find out in a couple years. Yeah, (laughs) as I'm only 16. (laughs) Um, We don't grow that grape, but we support the Grape Growers Association. So we actually purchased that grape through Weggie Winery Mm -hmm. out in uh, Richland Center. So the Grape Growers Association, um, some of those vineyards are just vineyards, but some are attached to wineries. So there's 105 wineries in the state of Wisconsin. A lot of people don't know that. Wow. How many vineyards? 90. Cool. Mm -hmm. So what kind of wines do you produce? Um, Well, with the Grape Growers Association, we try to support um, the Wisconsin grown grapes. Um, so we've got None on the Run that has a Wisconsin grape. Our Wapatui is a blend, Delaware Lacrosse, Niagara, and Concord. Um, let's see, we've got a Riesling. We have a Bianco, Vitro Bianco, which is our version of a Moscato. And that's made with Italian Muscat grapes. Um, but those we get um, from California or Italy, actually. California would be Merlot, Chardonnay. And then we support... Um, local farms as well, right. especially cherries coming from right here in Fort Atkinson. Cool. And strawberries uh, out in Cambridge. And off the top of my head, I, I think that's about it. Oh, Padre's Punch. That's another one. That's a Wisconsin Steuben grape. All right. So that's a that's a semi, semi-sweet red. What's the most popular wine you sell? You know what? It really depends on the season. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're kind of kicking into cranberries because, well, today's what? Cranfest up in Warren's. So the bogs will be all shipped out to Ocean Spray. So that's where we get our um, cranberries from. So it really depends. Once the seasons switch, like in June, we were going through a lot of blueberry. Um, In the wintertime, we go through our reds, our none on the run, Merlot, Concordia Rosa with Concord grapes. So it really depends on the season. Now, what are bogs? Oh, I don't know what those are. (laughs) Cranberry bogs. That's where they put all the cranberries. Oh, okay. But that's up in Warren's. All right. <laughs> Can I ask you some questions, Cole? No? Okay, I don't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shy. All right. Then maybe I'll ask your mom and you can just whisper her the answers. So what is it that Cole does at the winery? What do you do at the winery? Play. <laughs> <laughs> um, it being a family business, um, they <laughs> they are allowed to touch even, you know, um, Typically in the state of Wisconsin, you have to be 18, but if a family owns a winery, they can, they can help out. So he's labeled. He's awesome. put capsules on. 
He's done a little bit of cleaning. He's helped me stock. So him and him and his brother both partake a little bit. So you guys all make the wine, yeah? Oh, well, it's it's basically my father and myself. Yeah. Okay, so grape smashing mm-hmm. is that a thing? It's not a Lucille Ball thing, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, two weeks ago, we got our supply in, and we put them through a machine called a crusher destemmer. Okay. Um, so basically, you throw them in this hopper. There's like a, a spinning auger that goes through, and it just just grabs them right off that stem and put it in a, a barrel and get ready to, to press it out, get the juice, and make it into wine. See, now, as you were answering the question, I saw Cole kind of like pounding almost he's making a little action with his hand so do you do that too where you work with your hands to smash the grapes and stuff yeah (laughs) he's nodding his head yes are you talking about the press how you press it out (laughs) wise (laughs) man a few words (laughs) he doesn't want to talk well is there anything you want to say before we close it up here no just thank you for having me and uh Again, if anybody's interested, vitrowine.com, especially with our 5K coming up, uh, still taking registration, and other events all through the year, do wine and art painting, too, in the winery. Cool. And then just getting into the holiday season. Even though it's so beautiful, I don't even want to think about snow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Christmas comes whether we want it to or not. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again for talking with me today. It's been a blast. And even you, you. Even you, Cole. Been awesome. (laughs) (laughs) buddy all right thank you as well thanks hey it's amanda and i'm here at busy barns with my little sister's girl scout troop of four so i'm just i'm just gonna have them go around and introduce themselves so first we have anna kaler lizzie carl ashley gilbert presley viewer awesome so you guys are in what year of girl scouts junior juniors cool so how many years does that mean you've been in girl scouts we started in brown three or four Three or four? Yeah. All right. So you guys are in fifth grade, almost going into middle school. This is your first time at Busy Barns, right? Yes. Yes. I've been here before. It's really fun. Yeah, I had a birthday party here once. Did you like having your birthday party here? Yes. What did you do? We went through the corn maze. We went to the animal barn. I wasn't here. I couldn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. So this year, I oh, heard that um, one of you—I <laughs> forget what it's called—spit on her head. You got spit on by an animal? No, no my friend did. Oh, Claire. Ava. 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 Their friend Ava got spit on by an by animal. A by a camel. No, no. An alpaca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ew. Did she like run and wash it off right away, or she like not? Busy Adventure Farm is awesome. <laughs> boom, boom. Are your carpets ready for the holidays? How about your favorite chair or sofa? Pro Carpet Rescue is certified and has over 15 years experience in pet stains, odor removal, and upholstery cleaning. All stains are different and need to be treated differently. Their truck-mounted hot water steam extraction gets down deep to where the dirt is, in the fibers. For details and information, visit ProCarpetRescue.com or by calling 262-949-4929.
Teen Day is proud to be a careers partner with the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. If you're seriously pursuing a career in broadcasting, WBA is the place where you can get the scoop on all of the latest news and career information focusing on Wisconsin broadcast stations. The WBA offers seminars like the Broadcasters Clinic October 21st through the 23rd at the Madison Marriott. For a full schedule of events, visit wi-broadcasters.org. Teen Day and the WBA, a win-win to start your broadcast career. Do you have a disability? There are a record number of Americans who do. Many of us are able to live productive lives with the help of training and employment centers, but some of these centers are at risk of being shut down. The A-Team of Wisconsin is a volunteer-led team dedicated to preserving rights for people with disabilities. You can help too. Visit ateamwisconsin.org, united for choice. Now back to Teen Day, Busy Barnes Adventure Farm Media Day broadcast presented by 91.7 The Edge, Daily Union, and Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. Hey, it's Amanda, and I'm here with State Representative Steve Nass. How's it going today? Very good. The weather certainly helps. Uh, just an awesome day. Yeah, it's a great start to the weekend. So first, uh, let's talk about this amazing venue. We're here at Busy Barnes Adventure Farm, and this venue that they just built is so amazing, and like you can rent it out for weddings, and it's so cool. So I heard that you have a bee farm. I actually have uh, eight beehives, and uh, I've been doing that for about six years now. And it's gone very well this year. I, out of the eight hives, uh, se- seven of them did very well. One decided they're just not going to work very hard. But out of the seven, I ended up with about 48 gallons of honey. I've got uh, oh. 590 pounds. So they, uh, they create some very uh, tasty honey. <laughs> um, so each, you, have, uh, you said you had eight hives. Does each hive have a different queen bee? Yes, actually, uh, the way it starts out, you start with the, uh, there are different names. There are supers where the honey's stored, there's the main body, and so in each hive there is a queen, and the queen uh, lays the eggs, and eventually from about ten or 12,000 bees you end up with approximately 50,000, give or take, uh, by the time you get to midsummer, and then they start to decline, like right now, and they get huddled together and uh, when it gets cold and they get ready for winter. So do you ever have a problem with the bees dying off? Uh, th- yes, there have been problems. I had uh, a hive just completely disappear and that's the uh, question that remains out there is what's causing that. And some of the other hives, there's a lot of things that can happen. There are tracheal mites. Uh, there are mites that uh, we treat for it. There are diseases that are challenging. I think a lot of the problems with the honeybees are pesticides, quite frankly. Uh, because the unfortunate thing is they go out and uh, do their work and then come back to the hive and anything they pick up uh, out in the fields they bring back to the hives and if it's detrimental to the hive of course then there could be a kill off and that has happened in some cases. So what can you do to try and prevent that from happening? Well it's uh, the location of the bees is very important and try to keep them away from fields that are going to be uh, sprayed at least keep them some distance from those fields if you can and notification to the farmers in the area that uh, where the bees are located so that they can try to avoid coming close to the hives and or uh, they can spray on a, when a, the wind is in another direction so it carries any spraying uh, 
with the wind in a op opposite direction of the hive. So um, it's challenging, and we like to take care of the bees. They're uh, honeybees are very docile. They're very generally friendly, mm -hmm. and uh, they they do very good things. So we try to take care of them as best we can and get them through the winter, so they're ready to go the next year. So why did you choose bees? Because normally when I see a bee, I run away in fear, and you just like harvest them all. Well, the bees are uh, honey is actually very uh, good, not just for eating, but for baking. I've used it in uh, exchanging it for sugar because it is so much more healthy. Uh, it has been used, uh, I know a couple people, they uh, take a teaspoon of honey a day and starting in February, and it knocks down their allergies by the time they get to summer. And the uh, honey has been used uh, in centuries past by Indians for abrasions. Uh, there was an individual I know who had eight stitches on her thumb and was expecting to lose a portion of the skin, the doctor told her, and she put honey on it right away, wrapped it, and uh, you can't even hardly tell where the stitches are anymore. So a lot of good, good qualities with the pollen in the honey, uh, and again, for baking, it's, it's just great. And then the bees themselves really help in the production of food because uh, much of what we eat is the result of bees pollinating the crops. And uh, whether, whether it's raspberries, tomatoes, or out in the field agriculture, the honeybees do so much good, and other bees too. And that's why it's important and critical to keep them going as best we can because uh, the human race is dependent on, in largely, uh, large part on bees. So you said you got like 40 gallons of honey this year? About 48 gallons, uh, 590 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. Do you keep that all for yourself, or do you sell it or give it away? I actually uh, have sold some, and uh, there's a winery outside of Jefferson that has used it to make mead for the Renaissance Fair, and I have actually uh, sold it to friends and neighbors and uh, other quantities to people that uh, have asked for it. And at some point when I get time, and that's a challenging thing, is I would like to go to the farmers markets and and sell it so it's it's kind of it's fun it's fun yeah what else do you farm is it just bees or do you have anything else nope just uh, the honeybees and I like to garden I've got a lot of uh, uh, in fact uh, picking raspberries at this time of year I've got summer and fall bearing raspberries and then the traditional uh, vegetables uh, tomatoes and peppers and squash it's uh, when I get time it's kind of my escape oh. to go out and take care of the garden and uh, kind of remove myself from the rest of the world, so to speak. So going off my freshman science knowledge, bees pollinate things, which makes them grow. So is, so it's obviously an advantage to have bees around what you garden, right? Yes, and actually I can notice the increase in production, actually, with the bees so close. But bees will travel about two miles or so to get their... Uh, the, to create the honey and gather the pollen and all of that. So they, they travel quite a bit. In fact, my neighbor who was down the road from me noticed the first year I did bees that his uh, apple crop was had increased. So they, they're out there working every day. So they just benefit everybody. Yes, they do. <laughs> so let's jump into a, the past for a little bit. Did you grow up on a farm? I did not, but my grandparents uh, and my parents, my parents came off a farm, both of them, mm -hmm. and my grandparents had a farm. Uh, farming actually was in the family. I'm the first generation not to have been on a farm, uh, but I did go up to my grandparents' farm many times, uh, helped uh, as a child uh, slopping the pigs and baling hay and 
the things that go on uh, on the farm. So that's uh, uh, it's changed dramatically from those days because so many, many, many people have not had an association with the farm. And uh, believe it or not, there are people, younger people, who think that mm-hmm. milk comes from the store. So <laughs> it's, uh, that's just the way it is. Or that honey, you just go to the store and get it off the shelf. Uh, and they don't understand, no, no fault of their own, but that's how far removed uh, the younger population is from farming. And it's good to have the uh, farm tours that occur right here in Jefferson County with Ron Coots out on his farm. Uh, and so that the, the children can be exposed to that and actually understand how the production works and uh, growing crops and all the challenges that are, are in farming. What's up, guys? This is Logan Hendricks from Searching for Seas, and you're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, Whitewater. Why do you feel it's so important that they understand that? Well, I think with that and in, in many things, it's just, it, it just is good to, to know where the food comes from and how it's produced and all of the hard work that goes into producing it and all of the challenges to actually appreciate when you sit down at the table to eat the, the background of where all that food comes from and the chain uh, that goes on from the farmer to the, to the middleman in between and the production and finally getting it to the store and to the table. So obviously you're a state representative. What are you doing to help agriculture? Well, actually the entire legislature, there are, uh, there's legislation we have passed uh, called, for example, Right to Farm. And that was passed because a number of people would move out into the uh, rural areas and then complain that they didn't like the smell of the manure uh, from the cows or from the pigs or chickens. Mm-hmm. And so we passed right to farm legislation that says a, a farmer has a right to farm. And if, like myself, if I move out into the country and uh, don't like the smells or the noise of the tractors or whatever else, uh, that's, that's the way it goes. You can't do anything about it. You chose to move out there. The farmer was there first, and they have a right to farm. Uh, th- uh, another thing that was uh, supported by the legislature in the past was the farmland use tax. And that came about in a nutshell. Farmers were really getting hammered on property taxes because their farmland, if they were near communities, was being taxed on the potential use. So if a farmer had uh, 20 acres of his farm that perhaps a hotel could go on or some other business, he was being taxed at that higher rate even though he was growing soybeans or corn or wheat. And so the legislature said we will tax farmland on its use, and that's why it's called farmland use tax. So as long as the farmer has crops on it, he's not going to get hammered with increased uh, taxes. And at some point, uh, if he sells, you know, then there will be certainly be a change. But in the meantime, it will help them with their production and, and the cost of farming. So there's a lot that goes on. In fact, right here, uh, Busy Barms may be a benefactor of one of the laws we passed on civil liability. As long as it's posted, uh, a property is posted with uh, inherent dangers that could happen uh, with, with uh, say, corn mazes or other activities, then there's civil liability so that uh, someone can't just willy-nilly sue them when you come on to, to the farm uh, or out at Ron Coots' farm for the tour. Uh, if somebody uh, is injured, there are certain uh, possible injuries that could occur. I'm not aware of things that have happened. but. Uh, that, that jump right out. So I think it's going to be an exception. But nevertheless, it does give protection to those who want to 
uh, allow people to come out and enjoy the outdoors and the farm and uh, places like busy barns so if they uh, any place has a corn maze or other activities going on they don't have to worry about being sued so the legislature is certainly aware of the challenges that go into farming and we want to certainly help assist them with that so I suppose that being sued would be one of the more top concerns of a farmer but what are their other concerns? Well certainly probably the primary one is I think the weather which we have absolutely no control over mm -hmm. but uh, that is that is one of the uh, the major costs. Um, also, uh, I guess linked to pollution, but it's inherent in farming. You have the manure of farms, mm -hmm. and the legislature did help with some grant programs with that, so that farmers, uh, because we have larger farms now, and uh, some are com many are combining, and the uh, cows are uh, the herd is larger, and so helping farmers create manure pits so that the manure can be stored safely and then disposed of safely is another uh, another thing that's very uh, important. And farmers actually want to be good to the land. Uh, the, the land is what gives them everything that they have. So um, th so that's those are a couple things that farmers are certainly concerned about. So I've heard of some alien invasions. And for those of you listening on the radio right now, I'm doing air quotes around alien invasions because they're basically... Um, Asian carps and snails and different diseases that are going on. So what are you doing to help prevent that from happening? Well, that's a concern that is all over the place. And the state of Wisconsin is really uh, vigorously trying to figure out as well as other states, Illinois, and those that in particular surround the Great Lakes, uh, how we can attack the, the carp. Um, there is a bacteria in the water right now, actually right here in Jefferson County, that's been killing regular carp, but it doesn't affect, unfortunately, Asian carp, uh, the ones that jump out of the water. And so the, the Department of Natural Resources is really charged with uh, on all types of uh, invasive species, whether it's in, in the, in the uh, land itself or in the water, to uh, attack as best they can um, how we're going to deal with those and working with other states and actually the federal government, how we're going to deal with with those, and, and, and it's only, I think, probably going to increase because we've got uh, beetles that are invasive. Uh, there are just so many things that are challenging now with such mobility over the last few decades from overseas, whether it's air traffic or whether it is uh, on waterways, uh, that the opportunity for invasives to enter Wisconsin is, is high, and so we've got to be in a constant vigil watching for future potential problems and also dealing with those that we have and trying to figure out how we can reduce it or eliminate those uh, invasives. So I've been wondering how exactly does Asian carp affect agriculture? Like what is what is the problem with it? Yeah, it's not so, it's more, uh, I suppose it would be the aquaculture if they were to get into some of the fish farms. Um, but otherwise, the concern is that they would get into Lake Michigan and really wreak havoc on our uh, fishing industry out there. And uh, they, it would be challenging because they would uh, consume the food and, uh, that is in the waters and create a problem for the perch that we have out in Lake Michigan and the salmon and be very detrimental. That's why uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, and other states at all costs are trying to stop the Asian carp from getting into Lake Michigan. And how is farming affecting our state water supply? Well, I think it's uh, 
working with the Department of Natural Resources and various environmental groups and the farming community, uh, everybody's working together to try to absolutely eliminate uh, as best we can any pollution potential problems that would happen. And as I mentioned earlier, the manure, corralling manure so that that is safely uh, caught and disposed of. Uh, and all of the uh, agriculture communities, uh, I think working with each other, are always trying to uh, prevent any adverse effect on, on, on the land because uh, farmers uh, depend on the land for their livelihood. Uh, people that are uh, tourists, of course, love to go to the outdoors, and everybody has a, a connection to the land, and so everybody uh, is working to do the best they can to help preserve that land and uh, keep it good for agriculture and for tourism and for fishing. And what has the legislator done to promote saving prime agriculture land, Conserver conservation easements? Yeah, we've got agriculture enterprise areas, uh, and that went from 1 million acres up to 2 million acres in the last budget. And basically the farmers have to have a, uh, a, an agreement, and it goes for 15 years, and that is to preserve that land and keep it in farming. Um, so that's uh, certainly a benefit in that area. We've got uh, in production sales and use tax exemptions for agribusiness, which is uh, certainly important. And, um, but probably one of the big ones is that um, agriculture enterprise areas where farmers agree to keep the land in production for 15 years. And that, uh, that I certainly, well, it has worked well because the reason it was increased from 1 million to 2 million acres is because we were getting at the end of the 1 million acres. So many farmers were putting their land into that program. So the legislature decided to expand it and I think that will be good for everybody going forward. So we just have a little bit time left, and I just want to say that you're on the ballot running for Senate. That's correct. Mm -hmm. I wish you the best of luck, and obviously it's probably very busy, so thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and talk with me today and just come out and enjoy the beautiful day at Busy Barns and everything else. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. It's great to see what you guys are doing uh, as young students. Uh, you got a lot of a um, lot of time ahead of you, but it's good to get a jump start on it. And I'm looking forward to walking around Busy Barns here and seeing everything they have. I'm quite impressed with what I've seen right now, but <laughs> I think I want to go out there and be a kid. Awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to our special Teen Day Busy Barns Adventure Farm Media Day broadcast presented by 91.7 The Edge, the Daily Jefferson County Union, Wisconsin Broadcasters Association, and Ripped Marketing Group. The WBA is proud to support the mission of Teen Day, a community educational program through WSUW-FM for teens interested in pursuing broadcast careers. We'd like to thank our featured guests, Wisconsin State Representative Steve Nass, Shannon Lyon, Sheila Everhart, Tammy Ventro, Joe Burns, and the Girl Scout Troop 2637. Our background music, Old MacDonald Had a Band, by Steve Race, is courtesy of EMI Music. Visit 917theedge.com to find out how you can get a copy of today's program. Our next broadcast will feature special musical guests on our 2014 Hello Teen Day Fest. On behalf of the entire Teen Day broadcast team, we thank you for listening and remember to thank your local FFA chapter and farmers for keeping food on the table.